0: Hi and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with senior ministers John and Anne Giuliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. It's wonderful to be with you uh, today. It's wonderful to have the opportunity just to reflect I think, and it would be true as I'm thinking about it, even as I'm standing here, uh, my father served in the British Army, and uh, I think today, in terms of Remembrance Day, is probably the first time I've ever thought about my father in that way, Um, which was interesting. I'll process that later on (laughs) after the service, but um, yeah, thank you for that and uh, the opportunity to be part of that. You doing okay? All good. We're the early ones. Uh, fantastic. I uh, want to speak today on the subject of the significance of remembrance. Uh, The significance of remembrance. Um, Have you ever noticed that sometimes you remember things that never actually happened? My wife tells me this all the time. She said, Jeremy that didn't actually happen (laughs) and I I find myself, as I'm getting older, telling stories of things that I remember that then my wife and now my children tell me, Dad, it didn't happen, (laughs) or it didn't happen that way, Um, to which I reply, you know, you should never let the facts get in the way of a good story, (laughs) but um, it's funny how we remember certain things and some things perhaps get left by the wayside, Uh, and would be familiar with some of the stories that I'll tell today, but uh, when I first met Beth, my wife, uh, around about 24 and a half years ago, at that time Beth was Ann and John's PA at Campbelltown City Church. And I know that Beth had heard about me, and, uh, but I also knew that Beth wasn't interested in me um, because I was a Bible college student and uh, maybe she'd had some bad experiences with college students. And so <laughs> I was kind of behind the eight ball when I first met her because uh, of this sort of you know, reputation that college students had. But uh, somehow I guess I did win her over and we had that first date and uh, we went out on the uh, Hawkesbury River. I had preached in a church in Hornsby. I hadn't invited her to come and hear me preach <laughs> uh, but I said why don't you come and join after and we were with a couple that some of you may know Daniel and Janice Zelly. and uh, so we were out on the water and to be honest with you I was very nervous um, about that occasion and, and meeting with her and, and I really didn't talk to her much that day. I do remember that but I remember uh, um, very clear to me that after the, uh, the, the lunch and the boat trip, Beth dropped me back at Parramatta train station and uh, to which then I would go back up to Katoomba, which is where I lived for three years while I was studying. And I remember getting out of the car and the window was down and, uh, and I looked back in the car and I said, uh, thank you for today, I really enjoyed that. And then I distinctly remember, it's as clear as clear to me, I distinctly remember saying to her, I would like to see you again. And I distinctly remember her response was, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe, I thought to myself, maybe. What sort of response is that? Maybe, you know. And uh, I had to jump on a train and spend the next two hours from Parramatta to, to Katoomba Station. And all I could think of for two hours was that one word, John. One word, maybe. What a terrible word that is. What a horrible word. No, I don't like that word, Maybe. My girls tell me that maybe is a polite way of saying no. <laughs> maybe. I remember that. My wife says it never actually happened. I remember the first time I met my wife's parents. When I met Beth, her parents were on a six-month round-the-world trip. And so it was six months you know, that I had to wait to meet her parents. And uh, they lived up in Springwood at the time. This has been recorded, isn't it? <laughs> <Okay. Yeah. laughs> and I, um, I remember when we met them uh, it, it, it's as clear as mud to me that we went into the house and by this time six months I'd already got Anne and John's blessing to marry Beth and uh, Beth had got over that hurdle of me being a Bible college student and uh, but of course you've got to meet the parents in fact last Sunday night we had uh, my wife and I had uh, an impromptu dinner with uh, my daughter's boyfriend's parents and so that's kind of the season I'm in at the moment which was really interesting it wasn't that meeting to sort of you know talk about marriage but um, it was that sort of first meeting you know Uh, interesting I loved it my wife said it didn't go too well (laughs) mainly because I spoke (laughs) and uh, I remember being in the lounge room of my wife's um, parents home And I distinctly remember uh, I was talking to her father and in the kitchen I heard Beth's mum say to Beth, I don't think he's the right one for you. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, (laughs) I don't think he's the right one for you. (laughs) But 23 years later, um, I still have the girl and, and four daughters and everything is working out okay. I wonder what things you remember. Do you remember things that never actually happened? <laughs> it's interesting how how things can trigger our memory, isn't it? Colors, smells, cars. All sorts of things can trigger our memory. Today people are remembering their own past and actions and words and that of others. This morning I want to look at a biblical perspective on this thought of remembrance. remembrance, And I have four thoughts to present to you today. Uh, two from the Old Testament, for those that like the Old Testament. And to balance it up, two from the New Testament. Firstly, I'd like to look at, from the Old Testament, God remembers. God remembers. Secondly, I'd like to look at Israel remembers. And what was it that Israel God's chosen people what did they remember and then from the New Testament just a brief look at the New Testament believers and remembrance around that and then to finish it off this morning I want to look at you and I and what we remember and specifically the call for us to remember you with me You with me? (laughs) It doesn't work when you have to ask the second time. (laughs) Let's pray together. Father we thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity of being able to be together this morning on Remembrance Day. Help us to hear, help us to listen, help us to learn. Speak to us today we pray Holy Spirit. May we be encouraged and strengthened in our faith today as we reflect on this subject of Remembrance in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. So firstly, God remembers. God remembers. On at least 10 occasions in the Old Testament, Yahweh is said to remember. Yahweh remembers or God remembers. And specifically, God remembers his covenantal relationship to Israel. God is bound to his chosen or his elect or his special people by a covenant and God remembers this covenant in fact God remembers the occasion of the making of this covenant some scriptures will come up for us Exodus chapter 6 and verses 2 through to 5 says God also said to Moses I am the Lord I appeared to Abraham to Isaac and to Jacob as God Almighty but by my name the Lord I did not make myself Fully known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan. If you know that story, what an amazing covenant! What an amazing promise. I'm going to give you the land where they resided as foreigners. Moreover, I have heard the groanings of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. I have remembered God said my covenant God remembers his covenant his covenant was I will be your God and you will be my people and even in the midst of his people turning as they did so often to the practice of idolatrous worship God did not relent from his covenant in fact He remembered it to fulfill it. He remembered it. He didn't just remember the covenant, but he remembered to fulfill it. Psalm 105 and verse 8 says, God remembers his covenant with Israel forever. A word he commanded, a covenant he commanded, a promise he commanded, wait for it, for a thousand generations a thousand generations, that's you and I. We are part of this amazing covenant that God remembers. We are, as the song uh, says that we used to sing, we are the seed of Abraham and his seed Some of you don't know that song. (laughs) I'm of the seed of Abraham and his seed remains in me. We are God's special people. We are his elect chosen people. And this covenant is for us. Come on, somebody say amen. This covenant is for us for a thousand generations. Your generation, my generation, my children's generation. God remembers his covenant. You know, when I look up into the sky and I see the rainbow, I remember God. You know, that rainbow in the sky is God's rainbow. That rainbow in the sky, you know, it's rained and there's been clouds and the sun breaks through and then you see this amazing bow of colour. Do you like the rainbow? I love seeing that rainbow. I'm actually looking for that pot of gold (laughs) at the bottom of that rainbow. But you know, some people see that rainbow and for them it speaks about something else. For some people, they, they see gay pride. For some people, they see this free love, this gay pride flag, the LGBT pride flag, a symbol of lesbianism and gay, bisexual, transgender or transgender pride. But for me, when I see the rainbow, I see God. I see God seeing that rainbow and reminding himself of his covenant to never flood the earth again. That's his rainbow to remind him. Of his covenant, God remembers. In Genesis chapter 9 and 15 through to 17, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it. This is God. I will see it, God says. And remember, he will see it. And what does he do? He remembers the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. So God said to Noah, This is a sign of the covenant I have established between me and all life on the earth. God remembers. I'm thankful that God remembers. I'm thankful that God does not forget. Yeah. God remembers. Secondly, Israel remembers. Now the Old Testament is rich in its call to remember the character and the words and the deeds of God. The exodus or the deliverance by Israel from Egypt is actually central to this remembering as you read through the old testament you discover that many of the old testament patriarchs often spoke of their memories of god in fact they would build memorials to remind them to remember god david the great psalmist the great king the great leader used this theme of remembrance as the central motive in his writings We have Psalm 42 where David laments. He says, my soul is downcast. You ever been in that place? You ever felt your soul is downcast? Ever felt disappointed? Ever ever felt discouraged? Your soul is downcast. David says, my soul is downcast. Therefore, I will remember. I will remember. Here is the antidote for a downcast soul. Remember God. Remember God. Psalm 119 verse 55. In the night I will remember you, David says, and I will keep your law. This is my practice. Have you ever discovered that at night time in the darkness, in the dark of night, things seem to be worse than what they really are? You ever found that? Sometimes I wake up in the night in a sweat and I'm I'm worrying about something, I'm thinking about something. But you know, if you discover that when when the light comes, it kind of doesn't seem so bad. But in the night, it's a reality. In the night, you can become overwhelmed and overcome with fear or anxiety. And in those times, David says, I will remember. I will remember God. Interestingly. There is only five Psalms that have both God remembering humans and humans remembering God side by side. I like that thought. God's remembering me and I'm remembering him. (laughs) I'm remembering God and he is remembering me. I don't remember God with the thought that maybe he's forgotten me. I remember God with the thought that he is remembering me. Come on in the night I will remember. This thought of remembrance here in the Old Testament, this thought of remembrance in in relation to Israel remembering, Israel remembering God, uh, his character, his words, his deeds, his actions toward them. I ask myself the question, what kind of remembering is this? I'm saying to you today that God remembers, Israel remembers. What kind of remembering is it? Is it merely just a recollection of facts? Is it just the recollection of information about the past? Or is remembering the past in such a way that the facts about the past have some impact on the present? It would seem to me that Israel remembering God's character, his words, his promises, his covenant, his actions toward his people would imply that the God who performed these mighty acts as a covenantal God is present to do it again. I'm 53 so I've grown up in the, and I've grown up in the church and I remember some of those songs. God can do it again and again and again. He's the same God today as he always has been. Yesterday and forever, he's always the same. There's no reason to doubt. God can do (laughs) it again and again and again and again the significance of remembering God the significance of remembering what God who God is and what God has done and what God will has said he will do some of you are carrying promise uh, that's been prophetically maybe spoken over your life and and the significance of remembering that is found in that they're not just memories of past word But the significance is that God is watching over to perform that word and to bring that to pass, to fulfil that. God can do it again. He's done it in the past. Israel continually had to remind themselves what God has done for us in the past. He can do it again because he is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. He provided for me once before he can do it again he protected me he blessed me he forgave me he comforts me he's made a way for me and what he's done for Israel he can do for me because I'm part of this covenant (laughs) hallelujah I'm part of this covenant we are covenant people can I ask you this morning what memorials have you built into your life To help you remember God's faithfulness toward you in days gone by. I'm big on visual. I like the visual. We bought our house, our first house together, eight years ago, this February the 1st. And the first thing I did, and I think we'll try to get a photo, John, for the second service. So if you want to see the photo, come to the second service. (laughs) But uh, one of the first things I did is I bought a shield, a shield of faith. That's what I call it. The shield of faith, and uh, it, you know, it had the handles, and and it was a beautiful gold shield. And I hung that shield over the uh, tap in the back garden, where the hose, the hose and the tap is. Every day I use that hose. I love my guns. <laughs> Every day I'm either filling up the pool or I'm I'm watering. Uh, not the concrete because I'm not Greek or Italian. <laughs> My brother married an Italian girl. And every five o'clock every morning, uh, my, my brother's father-in-law comes around to, 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 to wash down the concrete. <laughs> my brother just lets it happen now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but award water those plants and the flowers. And, and every time I go to that tap, I see this shield. To me, it's, it's an icon. It's a memorial. Call it what you want. But it reminds me every day of God's faithfulness. You know, purchasing that house was a faith venture. Searching this house was, it was a miracle for us. God showed himself and his faithfulness and his provision for us. And every day I, I see that shield and I remind myself of God's faithfulness. And his past faithfulness will be his present and his future faithfulness. For you today as well. Remember God. Remember God. So God remembers and Israel remembers, let's go to the New Testament because there's plenty of references here to this thought of remembrance in terms of the New Testament believers. In fact, in the New Testament, the verb to remember is used on several occasions to instill or teach moral or theological lessons. For example, you remember the time when Jesus fed the 5,000. was a miracle. The disciples were part of it. In fact, they were given the opportunity to feed them first, weren't they? But they couldn't. But they brought the boys lunch and 5,000 people were fed, probably more, uh, were fed with these five loaves and these two fish. And then there was the 7,000, the feeding of them. And at one point there, Jesus calls the disciples together and he says to them, hey, remember, remember the five loaves? Remember the five loaves and and the two fish? Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, we remember that. I wonder what they remembered about that. Jesus says, "I hey, remember that. In order to encourage their faith, he says, remember that. I would never forget that. <laughs> if I'd have had the opportunity to be part of a miracle like that, I would never forget that. I would want to be remembering that. I'd be telling that story every Sunday. <laughs> I'd be telling that story every day. Why? Not to, to gloat, but, but, but to strengthen and encourage my faith. Remember Peter? When Jesus said to him, you'll deny me three times, the cock will crow. The Bible tells us that Peter remembered Jesus' prediction of denial and disowning him. And it says when that cock crowed. The Bible says Peter was suitably ashamed of himself or another translation says he wept bitterly. He remembered. I wonder what he thought about when he remembered that. (laughs) I shouldn't have done that. Why have I gone and denied him? I said I never would. And Jesus was right. Thankfully, that's not the end of the story for Peter. In the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Remember Abraham says to the rich man, remember that in your lifetime, you received your good things. Remember the thief on the cross, when he said to Jesus, he must have had a revelation of who Jesus was, much in the same way as the centurion had the same revelation of who Jesus was. And what does he say to Jesus? He says, remember, remember me. I just have this picture of him turning uh, I don't know, whichever side he was on, <laughs> turning and saying, remember me when you come into His kingdom, uh, your kingdom. And Jesus said, today you will be with me. Remember it? <laughs> You'll be with me in paradise. Paul urged the Gentile churches to remember the poor Christians in Jerusalem by making an appropriate collection for them. And on and on and on the examples go for us to draw from to strengthen our faith and to be encouraged in our journey to remember God the act of remembering persons from the history of Israel had a positive effect for these New Testament believers, it strengthened their faith in Jesus fourthly, and we draw to a close this morning, this thought of you and I remembering, you and I remembering, this call for you and I to remember. Some of you have already gone there but the most obvious and important use of the theme of memory or remembrance in the New Testament is the call or the command found in Paul's teachings and is related to the Last Supper. Let's read it again 1 Corinthians 11 24 to 26. Jesus speaking, and he says, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance. Oh, it's on that side. Okay, (laughs) I'd rather look at that than that. (laughs) And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, uh, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. There are three thoughts here I'd like to bring to you. The first is this. The remembrance of Jesus here brings the past into the present and affects the future. There is a past present and future perspective in this call to remembrance there is a past action a present reality and a present blessing and a futuristic perspective at work as we remember the sacrifice of Jesus at Calvary in fact this is what's happening today Across our country, in the RSLs today and and beyond that, people are remembering. Yeah? They're remembering past actions. Many are bringing those past actions into the present today, and there is a futuristic perspective. Anne said it the freedom that we will go on to and continue to live in is a result of this sacrifice of many. This thought of remembrance, there is a past, present and future perspective. The second thing I note here is that to remember is to proclaim. To remember is to proclaim. In our remembering, we proclaim his death. We proclaim his resurrection and we proclaim his coming again. The great hope of the church, Jesus is coming again. It's in the proclamation that the remembrance is complete. Without the remembrance, sorry, without the proclamation, there is no remembrance. You see, anybody can remember. Anybody could eat and drink. But the call to remember is to eat and drink and proclaim. The significance of remembrance is in the proclamation. I want you to catch this today because this is important for us. It's not just eating and drinking. It's eating and drinking, it's remembering and it's proclaiming. It's proclaiming, it's announcing, it's declaring, it's teaching, it's preaching, it's telling. In fact, the Greek word there is to show, to eat, to drink, to remember and to show. Across the RSLs today, there will be men and women who will be showing their scars. They will be telling their stories, they will be remembering Their stories and, and the occasions and many of them will be rolling up their sleeves and they will be showing their scars, they will be showing their wounds. The significance of remembering is in the proclamation. We must proclaim Jesus. We must proclaim his death and his burial and his resurrection and his ascension and his coming again. That's where the remembering or the power of remembrance is. We cannot be silent in our remembrance. To remember is to proclaim. We are proclaimers. We are tellers. We are showers. This is what it is to remember, to proclaim. As often as you do this, you proclaim. As often as you do what? Eat and drink. But as often as you remember me, proclaim me. proclaim me jesus says tell the world tell your friends tell your enemies <laughs> just tell and show the gospel of jesus christ the third thing i notice is that the one we remember is present today that has to be said the one who is the one who we're remembering is present today Jesus is not one of the fallen and I don't take away from the fallen in any way but he is not one of the fallen he is present he's victorious he's raiding he's ruling he's establishing his kingdom on this earth we have much to proclaim we have much to tell Not of our own stories, but of his story. I close with this thought though. The significance of remembrance. I ask myself the question, what does God not remember? What does God not remember? Let me read to you two passages of scripture. Firstly, Psalm 25, verse 6 through to 7. It says, Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from old. God's been merciful and loving for a long, long time. (laughs) Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you, Lord, are good. Jeremiah 31, 31 to 34. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Gee, I was encouraged when I was preparing this to remind myself that the one thing that God chooses not to remember is my sins. My past. (laughs) That's a powerful thought. You know, in the natural, we often say when somebody says something to us, offends us or does the wrong thing, we say, oh, look, that's all right. We'll forgive and forget. How many of you know you don't forget? You don't. God has not forgiven Oh, forgive me, Father. God has not forgotten my sin. God has not forgotten. I've got to come down. God has not forgotten your sin. He's not forgotten my sin. He chooses not to remember. It's a choice. I'm not going to remember. I think of that story in the Old Testament where it says that he has forgiven us our sins and they have been cast into the sea. As far as the east is from the west, he will remember them no more. God chooses not to remember my sins, my failings, my mistakes, my shortcomings, whatever you want to call them. I like that. That's significant. He hasn't forgotten. For if he had forgotten, he could remember. You ever forgotten something and then suddenly you remember. true God hasn't forgotten he chooses not to remember and here's my thought that if God does that then we should do that we should do that we should remember our sins no more we should choose not to remember our sin. We should choose not to remember our past. You see, what a lot of us do, and me included, from time to time, is that we remember our past and we become discouraged by it. We remember our past sins and, 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 and we feel as though that we are in some way then discounted or, or alienated or removed from our, our future because of our sins. And, and what we do is that we remember them and we proclaim them. Watch this. We proclaim them. We remember our past. We remember our sins and we begin to proclaim them. We begin to to talk about them and declare them and teach them and preach them and show them and tell them. And before long, we're in a a heap on the floor feeling uh, condemned and, and feeling unworthy because we've been remembering our sins by proclaiming them and declaring them. In fact, I think sometimes we like talking about them. I think what we need to do is what God does. Choose not to remember. What does that mean? Choose to stop talking about it. Choose to stop declaring the past and those things that we have been forgiven from. And God says, I'm not declaring them. I'm not proclaiming them. I'm not talking about them. God's not in heaven talking about our sins. He chooses not to remember. In other words, he chooses not to talk about them, not to declare them. In fact, he does the opposite. He proclaims his son's death over our sins. He proclaims the blood of Jesus over our sins. He proclaims the victory of Calvary over our sins and our past. And that's a much better deal for heaven and for you and I. I'm free today. (laughs) Free from my past. I don't talk about it. I don't proclaim it. I don't declare it. It hasn't been forgotten. David said, my sin is ever before me. But the key is remembrance and proclamation. They go hand in hand. I'm going to choose not to remember. And how am I going to do that? I'm going to stop talking about it. Some of you today, stop talking about it. Stop it. You're a prisoner to your own words. You're a prisoner to your own stories. You're a prisoner to them. And Jesus has set you free. Live in that freedom by remembering and proclaiming His blood. His forgiveness, His acceptance of you. Come on, Hallelujah! I love that. Today we remember, we remember the fallen, but we remember the risen Jesus, who chooses not to remember our sins. They've been dealt with. That's good news. That's good news. Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge.